1: Hey everybody! Welcome back to Resource Real Talk about Louisville real estate. I'm Gabe Pruitt, and I'm Jay
0: Pitts. Jay Pitts is back. I'm back. Welcome back. I'm I'm um, I had a hiatus. Yeah, you were sorely missed around resource. There was there was good reason. Well, first first off, um, I was sick, which doesn't happen often, and and more importantly, I wasn't just sick because I can go when I'm sick. I didn't have a voice. I couldn't speak. And it's kind of hard to do a podcast where you're supposed to be speaking, and yet you have no voice. I I will say, though, I think the office really, really appreciated not having to hear my voice for a few (laughs) days. I I think they hear kind of enough. What do you think, Gabe?
1: I don't know. I feel like the fact that we produce content that specifically centers around our agents hearing more of your voice, (laughs) and a couple of our agents are tuning in live right now to hear it, I don't know would
0: speak otherwise. I think you were were, uh, missed around here. I'll say that. Well, I can appreciate that, and I would like to think that that's true. But, you know, too much of a good thing can be too much. That's a thing. Speaking of too
1: much of a good thing can be too much, well, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. I want to introduce (laughs) what we're going to talk about. Amazing amazing lead in there. Listen, I will come back to that. But first, I should probably... uh, preface with what we're going to talk about today. Today, we're talking about
0: uh, prospecting,
1: correct? I'm right in saying that?
0: I think so. I think so. I, let me set this up. Go ahead. So a good buddy of mine, um, who is an agent, team leader, uh, brokerage owner out on the West Coast, uh, Mr. Eric Crumbaker, um, reached out to a group of us and asked that you know we record a video for his team to... You know, kind of exalt the you know virtues of consistent prospecting, and you know me, Gabe. I like to, um, I like to kind of kill two birds with one stone, what have you. Sure, I like to find uniquely like relevant ways to deliver content. You know, it, it, the fact that he came to myself and a group of others and asked us to discuss this topic got my mind working on it okay? okay and so in working on it i become more and more cognizant of the fact that this is actually something that needs to be spoken to i like when i like when the idea grabs me okay versus trying to drive an agenda and i know it may seem like i drive an agenda often if you listen to this podcast if you're an agent here in this brokerage if you're in the facebook group you know i definitely try to curate a message that's for sure but the truth is prospecting is the lifeblood of any sales business, not just real estate. It's certainly relevant to real estate. And what is at the root of that is not just skill or talent, innate talent. It's consistency. It's the decision to be in the moment to do the thing. You know, Tom Ferry says, do the thing, have the power, right? Sure. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. You know, you got to do the thing. and And we end up you can attest to this in our team meetings for the last number of weeks we've been talking about the virtues of prospecting and more importantly, the consistency that goes along with it we've We've in fact gabe drilled it down to the number of hours prospected that we have to complete, okay to get a closed transaction. Mm-hmm. Do you know that number
1: um I know about the 70 70 rule. And honestly, I should know a lot more because last week when we had Christy Dugan on the podcast and Luke was co-hosting with us, we talked about this specific example. When we were talking about accurately forecasting out your success for 2020, we talked about knowing exactly how many prospecting, prospecting hours it would take to get the number of closed transactions that you were aiming for.
0: Well, okay. So what we did was we looked at all of the entirety of the time that we have tracked, because here, here's one thing. I, we made a conscious decision a while back not to be micromanagers here. Okay. We don't want to be micromanagers. We want to be, you know, results oriented, data driven results oriented. That's our organization. So, but you have to, you have to measure the lead indicators. When we talk about lead and lag indicators, the, res- the result is the lag indicator. The lead indicator is the action that produces, the result. Right. So you have to track something. So what we chose to do is we chose to go on the honor system and chose to track our our agent's hours of prospecting. Yeah. Now, since we've been tracking that, and I don't know, Marcy, you could probably tell me. Um, I know at least goes into Q4 of 2018. But since we've tracked, we have essentially performed a closed transaction for every 4.7 hours of prospecting. Essentially, if an agent picked up the phone with, you know, on a proactive basis to discuss their sphere of influence or real estate with their sphere of influence or their, you know, new leads, et cetera, basically they're going to get a closing if they did that one hour per weekday. They're going to get a closing, which would result in 52 closings per year, right? right? We're, that, that's, that's if our agents all had the same level of skill the average skill level across our team which we know some far exceed others some are new some are more experienced some have closed hundreds of transactions some have closed no transactions and it doesn't it's not just necessarily
1: skill it's also the level of effort applied like wouldn't you say that that's true Because I feel like a lot of people, their cop out for why they don't prospect more is because I'm not good at it. Like I don't have inherent skill. I'm not good on the phone. So I think if we just distill it down to skill, we're missing a a big slice of the pie.
0: the truth is, is it doesn't matter how skilled you are, Gabe, you don't feel like you're skilled enough. Because this is like, this is, so so, um, I see Phil Wunderlich Commenting in the thread, so Gabe of you to not know the answer, <laughs> yeah, uh, or to just flat out say that you didn't know the answer. I, I just rephrase, redirect. You, you on just to the next you point. totally redirect, reframe. Yeah, Gabe is a master of NLP, or so he <laughs> thinks. Um, no, anyway, so F- Phil, Phil and I um, grew up playing baseball. Phil at a much higher level than I. But um, what we know is, is that success when you're at the plate in baseball, and this is timely because we got the World Series going last night. By the way, anybody that watched. Game one of the World Series, pretty amazing. I was watching
1: NBA. I, I, so. I,
0: was, up, I was up late. Um, I do have a new baby, though, too, which we didn't say that. I was sick. But I, I also missed the week. second week because I had a new baby. But needless, oh, yeah. Needless to say. There was something else. Something else that was quite important that went on. Um, we'll think of it eventually. No, no. So, you know, relatively low percentage success equals great success in baseball. You know, prospecting is, is even more pronounced. You know, if you close one deal out of a hundred internet leads, that's a pretty decent batting average. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. Depending on the kind of lead, one now, we, in a
1: hundred doesn't sound very impressive, but one
0: in a hundred's not very impressive. Now you look at different lead sources. Zillow, we'd like to be more like one out of ten. Yeah. Okay, but that's still super ambitious, and that would that's be great. and that's still less than ten percent success, or still is 10% ten percent success. It is ten, yeah. So you know, the thing is, you have to get used to the fact that there is a low success rate. NBA over the World Series, Gabe? Mally says no thank you. I just saw that. A- anyway, um, I forget kind of where we were going with that, but but the point is you got to put in the time. Mm-hmm. you got to put in the time. If you don't put in the time, you're never going to get the result. Do the thing. Have the power. Well, it circles back to
1: what you said originally, too. I, I wanted to set this up with a caveat when I said today's about prospecting because um, – We're talking about the merits of prospecting, right? We're talking about, the, like you said, the virtues of consistent prospecting. The key word there is consistent, not necessarily prospecting. I feel like all agents on a pretty steady baseline agree that prospecting is something that you should do as a part of your business. Even agents that don't prospect Will tell you, yeah. I mean, I get why you would prospect. I just don't like it, so I don't. So, I mean, I think we all agree that prospecting is good. It's the consistency element that is across, like, is all over the spectrum with agents all over the country. I,
0: I, I agree with that, Gabe. I, I also agree with. Nobody's going to argue that they don't need it. It's the reason why they don't do it that I think we need to hone in on. Sure. Okay. And it's it's insecurity, it's mitigating language, it's telling yourself a story that allows you to escape the things that you know you need to do. I often tell this story, Gabe, and you, you, you and I, have, I know you've heard this before, but I, um, I worked in the car business. Mm-hmm. I probably even told this story on the podcast before. I worked in the car business as a college job. Okay, It really, really baffled me To see these, you know, I'm a 19, 20-year-old kid, really barely knows anything about cars, really doesn't know anything about sales. All I know is I can't sell somebody something if I don't talk to them. (laughs) And you're limited in the car business, at least, you know, this is, you know, I won't say the dawn of the internet, but like internet business was not prevalent. Sure. It wasn't like it is right now. It wasn't like it is today. And, you know, you weren't going to build an internet sales practice at cars, you know, in, you know, 2001 when this was happening. So I was pretty well limited to the people that walked on the lot and the dealership did marketing to get people to walk on the lot so that I could have an opportunity to sell them the car. They ran ads, they did TV commercials and, you know, radio spots and all that. And I would watch my fellow salesman turn and walk away from a prospect that pulls up and parks to look at vehicles on the lot. Yeah. After and one scan. Right? After one scan, they looked at the condition of their current car, what they were wearing, decided they weren't worthy of talking to, and they'd go take a smoke break. And I just never understood that. It didn't make a ton of sense to me. But they were telling themselves that it was a waste of time. They were, they were convincing themselves before they ever started that success was not imminent. Right. And I sold cars to plenty of those people. I had great success not knowing any better.
1: It's about the stories we tell ourselves, like you said.
0: It's about the reason why people don't prospect in real estate is the story that they tell themselves.
1: Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I put a poll question in our live video. So if you're in our agent-only community and you're watching this live right now, uh, there's a question that's up, and it says, how often do you prospect for new business? It's simple, right? So we've got every day, a few times a week, only when i have time and then the fourth option is i don't
0: really prospect
1: in quotes, quotes
0: well, only right. when i have time i, I i'm going to i'm going to go ahead and disparage anyone that chooses that topic well right let now. me let me tell you that it has 100% of the answers
1: so far so far 100% when I have... of the people that have answered oh, this question what's... said only when i have time and i chose those words specifically because i didn't want to say because you know you knew they would once send a week me off. or no it's because <laughs> it's it's the story you tell yourself, right? I don't have time to prospect because I'm so busy. I don't have time to prospect because I have so many other things on my plate, which is probably true. I'm, most agents that are, are good are also busy. These things are pretty correlated, but um, it definitely is one of those things where you have to make the time to be consistent. It, it can't be something that you put in your calendar last, right? It's one of the things that you put in first. Okay, so
0: yes, it's prevalent. That is the story that should probably be a hundred percent of the responses because I would highly doubt someone that responded and said they prospect every day. Mm. Oh, also props to all of our listeners for being super honest. And yeah, we re- really appreciate the honesty and, and look, I know stuff happens. I know that, you know, the world conspires against you. The moment you set about to be super on purpose and, you know, like, Focused in your efforts to do something that's not easy to to execute. I I know that the truth is The good become great because they find a way to do it anyway. Sure you know, I go back to kind of the dawn of my real estate career and Like I didn't realize it Gabe, but but this very argument was was ever present in my experience of breaking into the real estate business so I, I sold cars, I told you that. I worked for an internet mortgage refi lender prior to selling real estate full time and leads were provided, okay? Calls were made, tracked, logged, etc. CRM, input, blah, 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 desk jockey, you know, headset, ring the phone, ring the phone, ring the phone. So I had that experience. When I got into real estate though, it was 2009 and the sky was falling and I tried to do everything I could to get into the bank foreclosure business. Before I did that, I returned... Sign calls and got appointments and secured clients and sold buyers, cheap properties, mostly investors to feed myself because otherwise I would have starved. I would have, I would have went broke. Okay. Okay. Then I did everything I could to get into the foreclosure business. Didn't realize I was doing it, but I was executing ruthless and consistent prospecting just to get an opportunity to list bank foreclosed property because it was a tightly held network of business.
1: Yeah. And okay? you were
0: new, right? And I was brand new but nobody knew that because nobody ever saw me. It was all telephone prospecting to you know, you know these corporate execs in Texas and California and New York City and you know, Atlanta. And and so it was literally pure telephone persistence that got me those opportunities. And I didn't realize it then, but I'd been primed to do that. I'd been primed to resist rejection. Okay? And I knew that basically the people that were trying to do what I was trying to do just weren't going to put in as much effort as I was going to put in, And I kept calling and I'm sure I annoyed some people and I'm sure a lot of those other, you know, a lot of those, um, you know, those stories that we tell ourselves are also present in my mind. Like, Oh, I don't want to call that lead again. They'll think I'm annoying. Well, no, they're not going to think of you at all because you don't exist. Yeah. You do not exist. You are a figment of their imagination. So call that Zillow lead a third time in three days because you literally have zero chance of selling them a house if you never speak to them. Well, yeah, and you also have nothing to lose. You really don't. have nothing to lose. You don't have anything, so how can you lose it? Yeah. So for me, I had nothing, and... You know, I just burned the phones up until I got an opportunity and I turned one opportunity into two opportunities and two opportunities into four. And next thing you know, I've got a book of 200 bank foreclosed properties that I'm looking after and I'm selling, you know, 15 a month. Okay. When no one else was selling anything, Gabe, I'm selling 15 houses a month. So you fast forward several years, things went on that way until the foreclosures dried up. And I had built an entire business based on something that I'm going to show up one day, and poof, it's gone. Okay, yeah. So so we closed 300 and some odd transactions in 2015. A hundred of them were bank foreclosures, and that was that was the most balanced our business ever was between traditional foreclosure. And in 2016, it was 100% gone. A third of your business wiped out. Overnight, yeah. One year.
1: Well, yeah, not okay? overnight, but...
0: 50% of your business from two years back, 75% of your business from three years back. So I had to completely reinvent myself. How did I do it? To Eric Crumbaker and his team, I did it by prospecting. What did I do? I learned scripts. I got comfortable on the phone. I, I went back to my days of resisting rejection. You know what? You know the, the, thing about, the thing about doing hard stuff is if you don't continue to do it, you go back to zero. Mm. If I start, I haven't called the expireds in a long time. If I went back to calling expires today, it would be hard. It would be very hard. I would have to build myself back up. That's, that's another reason why consistency is so crucial is so that you don't lose your skills.
1: Well, I want to speak to that too because just yesterday I'm sitting back in our, um, our team, like our training room basically with some of the new agents on our team, and I called and expired for the first time in, oh, man, I don't even know how long, six months plus for sure. <laughs> The first time I'd called an expired uh, because one of the newer agents wanted to hear, you know, kind of what the expired script kind of sound like. That's what we're working on. We're working through scripts and prospecting and you started to touch on scripts, which is where I wanted to go next. Um, I feel like a lot of times one of the reasons we excuse way prospecting or we at least shy away from it is because we make it so difficult in our minds. We imagine that there's so many moving pieces. Like if it's a Zillow lead versus a Fisbo, I have to have a completely different script memorized. I have to have this entire different approach prepared. I have to know exactly what to say. I have to do all these different things, or maybe they're going to be mad. Like you said, maybe they're going to be annoyed that I called. All of these things are happening in our heads. I don't think that they're happening in real life, uh, it's like no. you said; these people don't even know/slash care who you are at all. And so, when one of the new agents was asking me a really specific scripting question, you know, I let them know I was like, I wouldn't even worry about that at all right now. I definitely internalize the script because I don't have anything against scripts uh, when you're internalizing them and using them as a framework. But uh, instead of using that as your your uh, you know guidelines that you can't deviate from. The point of uh, this call is just to make yourself even slightly different from the last person that called, because yeah. I told them, I was like, what so much of your competition is doing is calling and saying the same thing, almost verbatim, the same words. And no one has told this person yet, Hey, are you getting too many calls? Because if you are, I, you know, I'll put a note in my system, make sure nobody else from my team calls you. Yeah. You know, that's a stupid, easy thing to say that will make someone go, and they're wait like, wait, what? Like, so, you will so what do? do
0: I call that? Moving someone off their do mark. You move them off their mark. Yeah. Look, I knew an answer, actually. You did know an answer. That, that's for you, Phil. Um, <laughs> so, no, you move them off their mark, man. I mean, you're right. There's nothing inherently wrong with scripting, okay? I think it's important. Scripting is extremely important, but you can't – there's another story for, for your head, okay? Um, the story you tell yourself that scripting makes you sound robotic, makes you sound inauthentic, makes you sound like a salesperson. No, it's the exact opposite. You've just never done it right before. You don't know what it sounds like. You hear so many people doing it wrong that you think it's not possible to do it right. Well, I guarantee you, each and every one of us have had an experience in our lives where an exceptional salesperson prospected you thoughtfully and effectively and got you to buy something, and you felt good about it. You know why you don't remember it? Because it was painless. It was easy. Yeah. You know? I'm telling you, it happens. It, it really does happen. So I'm going to go back to I'm going to go back to Eric Crumbaker because it is important. It is important to illustrate for your people when team when building a team that consistent execution of basic concepts produce results. Yeah. So how 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 am I an example of that? Well, I've told you about car sales, and I've told you about mortgage lending, and I've told you about reo bank foreclosure listing prospecting i've told you about the transition away from reo listing prospecting to traditional real estate well where are we now gabe right now we're a team of 20 some odd agents okay. i don't really actively prospect leads we've taken our team from eight or nine different lead sources much to marcy's chagrin um, down to a four pronged focus of where we get our business. We get our business typically, the majority of it is sphere of influence, which is a whole nother side of prospecting yeah. that we can get into. Um, you know, we did that through client events, value add conversations, rapport building. Okay. That should, should account for about 40% of our business which is low. I'm looking at our numbers from the last couple of years. We've been anywhere from 65 to 70% the last couple of years. And the fact that we want it to be 40 is reflective of the fact that we want to grow as a team. Okay, So we want another 20% of our business to be self-generated investor business because we believe that our market is healthy for investing, okay, and we can go to those investors and we can find them and create opportunities through prospecting. We also want twenty percent of our business to be in. Um, I lost my train of thought. You
1: said sphere, and you said uh, investor marketing,
0: and then we've got our online leads, of course. Yeah, online leads—that's what it is. Zillow. Yeah. So I, Marcy gave me a look. I know. What, <laughs> what did I do? Okay. Marcy, we said Marcy was going to be a guest on the podcast today. Can you tell me again one more time? Because we didn't separate them? We separated investor from sphere. Ah, that's what it is. Okay. All right. Back, back, back to the show, folks. Um, so 40% sphere of influence, 20% investor, 20% online leads, okay? 20% other.
1: Other. Yeah. Other. Referral. Other, like online agent, referral referrals,
0: agent referrals, agent referrals. That actually goes in online. Oh, that's online. Um, yeah, okay. Online referral sources go under online leads. So so th- there's a different approach to prospecting for each of the three major focuses. And we're just understanding that we're going to pick up some some open house deals. And we're going to pick up some expireds and canceleds. And we're going to pick up a FISBO here and there. But our focus is on sphere of influence, which takes one type of prospecting. Online leads, which takes a completely different type of prospecting, and investors, which take a completely different. So where are we now, Gabe? 300 closed and pending. Yeah. 20 some odd agents. Okay. A lot of inbound business. A lot of inbound recruiting. Okay. And we have a lead pond system that, that incentivizes our agents to be more aggressive on proactive prospecting and follow-up.
1: Yeah. And I do want to talk about how we use lead pond. I was going to say that for last. Before we get there, let me talk to you a little bit about sphere prospecting and how it's different from some of this online lead prospecting. Because uh, you touched on something really important. I think even agents that are really comfortable with their online lead prospecting still struggle with prospecting their sphere. And it's for a whole different set of reasons surrounded in this kind of fear, right? For leads, it might be fear of the phone. It might be fear of not being knowledgeable on your scripts. It might be fear of being caught off guard without having the right answer to a specific property question. Um, but these are all strangers you're talking to. So there's like a, there's a level of, um, you're, you're okay if you mess up or if you're trying to sound like something that you don't, if you're faking it until you make it, so to speak, when it's your sphere, these are people who know you, right? And you don't want to annoy these people. You, you really don't want to annoy these people. And you don't want these people to, you feel like these people will detect any fakiness that you're giving off, right? Any salesy vibes. Cause you feel like, This is where you'll feel the most vulnerable because these are people that know me the best. So I don't even know what to say to these people. And I feel like for most people, this entire fear is rooted in the fact that they're planning to call them the same way they would call an online lead. If you're worried that you're going to sound, you know, if the way you sound on the phone with online leads isn't going to work with your sphere, don't talk like that. Prospect (laughs) your sphere a different way. I mean, that's the easiest answer. Call them like you know them because you do ask them how their family is because you actually care. You know, you can talk to your sphere about sphere stuff and then just say, hey, well, you know I'm in real estate, so
0: blah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> I, I <laughs> it was so funny you know me too well because I stole I'm sitting your here the whole time you're talking thinking, great, don't act like that. Yeah, that's the great, answer. Great, don't be salesy. Great, don't be weird. Great, don't, you know. Don't use a script on don't your sphere. Don't be annoying. No, use a script. <laughs> I mean, you yeah, I mean. You, use use the script a script well. Use a script well. Okay, so what does the script look like? Here's the script. Hey, Gabe, it's Jay. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? It's going good, man. You know, it's been a while since we talked. How are the kids? How's your wife? I mean, they're good. Yeah, you don't have. Kids, it has but. been a while since we. How talked. The dogs? How the dogs? They're great. How the corgis? They're fantastic. Like, how's how's one eyed Finn? Uh, fantastic! Hell He's amazing. I, I, dude, I, I, see him on Instagram and I die. I just, I smile. I can't help but smile. Is that what? Do you get that from from a lot of people?
1: And here's here's what comes next. I'm, I'm withdrawing myself from the scene for just a moment, and then I'll <laughs> jump back to this improv with you. Um, here's what happens next. This whole time you're talking, I'm like, man, Jay hasn't called me in months. So that's what is fine. this about? That's fine. And that's what people are afraid of. They're cool. afraid. Oh, well, if I call my sphere, I haven't talked to that guy since our high school reunion he, he's going to be like right. what is this about fast so Jay, forward
0: to the moment that you're afraid of yeah Jay, here's the this moment this is great hey what are you it's but, nice to hear from you but what do you need before we go there yeah. i'm going to say this i made up statistic on the spot love love 99% statistics. of realtors don't even call their sphere of influence it's probably close and of the 1% that do 99% don't formalize the conversation by talking about real estate oh yeah so if you do that you fall victim to what gabe's his story that's playing in his head as the, as this, as the, uh, the past client yep. or the would be client thinking Jay doesn't call me. He, 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 this what, has what, got he, to be business related. He, he needs something. Yeah. And you let them sit there. You close out the conversation. You have all this personal rapport type conversation the whole time. He knows that, you know, that he knows that, you know, that something is You're behind doing it. The dance. You're doing the thing. And yeah. then you hang up, letting him believe that you don't have the guts. Yeah. To tell me why you're really calling. Now you seem disingenuous. Now you're disingenuous. Because you, they, that person does
1: not believe that you called to talk about how their kids and how their dogs are. No. Because you don't care. You really
0: don't. No, I mean, you care. You just don't care enough to call. Here, here, here's what I like better. Here's what I like better. Okay. Let's let's go back to the conversation where I asked you about One-Eyed Finn. Yeah. Okay. Told you how cute I think he is on Instagram. And guess what? That reads true because I really feel that way. Okay. And you can, you can tell. Sure. You, now you're beginning to wonder why I'm calling. And that's fine. That's fine. So, so don't belabor it. Don't make it awkward. Yeah. And pivot. After you do the niceties, that's what people do. You don't, you don't walk up to somebody like that you haven't seen in a while in a coffee shop face-to-face and say, hey, I want to talk to you about real estate. Yeah, no, no, no. You don't do that. You soften it. So soften it if you want to. And if, you know what? If you've got the relationship where you're tight, hey, bro, I need your help. Yeah, that's like a whole different go, go right at it. Be, but be authentic to the relationship and in rapport. That's, that's, that's the thing. The, our, the, the story you're telling yourself is a story that does not include rapport. Stay in rapport. That's 90% of the work. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then you go to the moment that you're fearing, which is when you the, the, when you got the hammer behind. This is a Brian Buffini thing. You got the hammer behind your back, and you're going to hit him over the head with it. Okay? Sure. Here's how that goes. Hey, Gabe, you know, I really appreciate your time, man. Um, I know we don't talk often, and you might be wondering why I'm calling. You know, I do I do want to talk about real estate if you've got a quick minute. Um, you know, and then whatever. And then bam. Okay. Yeah. And then bam. Like, you, you know, I've been watching your neighborhood. Okay? You know, you bought your house five years ago. Um, I think – that we had a good run, right? Like, you you know, you were you had a good experience with us. You wrote us a five-star review. Um, I think that was a good situation scenario for you, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's been a good house for you? Yeah. Well, well the thing that I want to know, because, you know, I want to be your advisor, you know, now and forever. Um, and the thing I feel like I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't make you aware that, you know, it appears like property values in your neighborhood have gone up substantially. And I don't know if you guys have had any thoughts of upgrading, but... Um, you know, the barriers to sell, to selling right now are pretty low. It's a seller's market. And I think you could probably get a substantial return if you were to sell. Now, the trick is buying. So, you know, obviously, that's part of a larger conversation. But I just wanted you to know that I'm still interested in working with you if that ever thought ever crossed your mind. Yeah, that was all business, but it was still personal. It wasn't awkward. You didn't really have to ask for anything. Uh, no. Did you ask me for anything? No, I told you, I assumed the close and told you that I wanted to make sure you knew that I'm still interested in working with you. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, I'm not even put on the spot. I don't even have a
0: question to answer.
1: I just, I
0: just appreciate that you were thinking about me and that's it. And, and you know, if you want to do an ask, because depending on where you are in your business, you may need to be. So let's be frank. I'm doing this 10 years. We're 2,500 transactions closed. I got more business coming to me. Right, then I can physically handle. I hand it out. We do broad-based marketing and branding that brings in quite a bit of business. Okay, that goes out to the agents on our team. Yeah. Okay, based on me and who I am and what I do, this podcast and other things, et cetera. Yeah. So okay. what you're saying is you're not doing an active ask yeah. o- on, on every on every client. No, yeah. I don't need to. I've gotten to the point where I don't have to do that. Sure. Okay. If I wanted to spend all day, every day on the phone making asks, I could, but I don't feel like it's the most. It's, I mean, like Coca-Cola isn't like cold calling you asking you to buy more Coke, right? Right, no. Okay, so there are certain businesses where that's not exactly relevant. But if you're in a place where you're really trying to get somewhere, you can make an ask. But let, let, let's, let's go to the ask. You know, Gabe, I don't know if you had any thoughts of selling. But you, I want to make sure that you know that I'm still interested in working with you if you had that thought. Or, you know, if you know any of your neighbors that are thinking about selling, you know, uh, does anybody come to mind? I could do the same thing for them. No, not right now. Reflex now. Boom! No. Reflex. Now. Okay. Well, you know, I, I don't know how close you are to your neighbors. I'm not terribly close, to um, far. But you know, so um, I sure would appreciate a call. Okay. Yeah. I can and, keep that and, in mind. And so, again, you've taken two opportunities, and, and there's a decent chance that you might depend if how close we are, you might come out with a name at that point. Maybe so. Yeah. You know, but the point is, is you have to formalize that conversation, or you're no better than any other agent that is forgettable at best. Okay, and just not not the kind of person that people would go out of their way to refer. And that's the important part to remember. Okay. Is that you don't have to be a monster to ask for business. It's just but you do have to be authentic and you have to stay in rapport. Yeah. That's the important thing. I a hundred percent agree. So I don't know. I think we've run run a little long today and I, I hope this is, you know, been valuable for you. The, the important thing to remember is that ruthless execution of simple concepts works and every business needs some sort of prospecting. Um, our team has gotten to the next level through prospecting. What we're trying to do is take it even further by understanding the results, you know, tying them to the efforts and focusing on the efforts without micromanaging. I know, um, I know Mally commented earlier, she really appreciates the fact that she's part of a team that doesn't involve a micromanaging leader. The truth is, you gotta do it. I've gotta be able to trust our people to do the right thing. I've gotta trust that they sit in a meeting and hear me exalt, okay, the virtues of doing this and doing it consistently, and then they've gotta go put it to action. And the, And if they're not willing to do that, then they're not a fit for us.
1: Well, and here's the key too, before we, before we close this up. If, if you're a team leader and you're listening to this and you wanna get your people to trust the virtues of prospecting, like you said it might not be about exalting it in team meetings all the time it might not even be in, be about prospecting yourself to show your team members that you do it i think the big thing here especially if you have a bunch of different types of agents is the fact that we've got stats to prove it you know yeah. like if you don't like if you don't need to hear me preach it in the monday morning meeting about how good prospecting is just look at the sheet
0: like the sheet speaks well, for itself it's math so some of the people listening that are in my network will laugh at this comment but i once heard a guy a team leader I won't tell a location. I'm not saying a name, but he's, he stood up in a group of team leaders and said his pep talk to his team when it was time to prospect was it's time for you to get up, get on the phone and pay my bar tab. (laughs) Now, I don't know about you. We've about fell out of our chairs laughing. (laughs) It was so hard. The point is, is leaders lead by example. My people wouldn't go prospect if they didn't think that I had done it and proven the concept before. Yeah. Okay, no, I'm not doing it now the way that they're doing it. I'm doing other things, but they inherently believe that the things I am doing is the highest and best use of my time to drive the whole ship forward. Well, you, and you've created cre- like incredibly simple
1: visuals for people to see the correlation between prospecting and income. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no fuzz there. There's no interference. It's clear to see how this affects that. And so no one has Dude, a question I mean, about whether it works.
0: How can it be simpler if you're of an average skill level on the, as it pertains to this team and you prospect one, one hour per week day, you will close 52 transactions in the next 12 months. Yeah. That is, it's irrefutable. It's irrefutable. The yeah. point is nobody averages five, five hours of prospecting a week. You know, we, we do have people approaching those closed transaction numbers, but they get it in other ways or their skill level is higher yeah. than average. So, anyway, that's, that's it. Um, you know, I think we'll probably put a bow on it for the week. But know your numbers. Ruthless, yeah. ex- ruthless execution. Okay. Simple,
1: consistent. Those are the two words that are sticking out for me. Simple and consistent. This. I love it. Yeah. Well... Everybody, thanks for tuning in for another episode of Resource Real Talk about Louisville Real Estate. We're going to be back next week. We've got plenty of great guests lined up that we're excited to tell you about. Make sure if you are listening to this live, make sure to tell your friends that are agents to get in this group so they can see live episodes when we record them. Otherwise, episodes drop wherever you get your podcasts on Monday. But until next time, I'm Gabe Pruitt. Jay Pitts. Resource Real Talk about Louisville Real Estate. See you guys. See you, folks.